We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com here today for the final week of the regular season with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. How you doing? Oh, man. Just got back from Vegas about, I don't know, an hour and a half or so ago, and I'm uh, I'm tired, but I'm good. I don't know, man. Every, every day this week I've been waking up, I'm like overly anxious because i keep thinking it's monday and you know i'll wake up and see something about john fox being let go but not not yet we got one more game to endure and it's probably not going to be a fun one against the vikings well first things first how'd you do in vegas uh we really didn't do that much i i I don't know what it was but we just kind of kind of hung out a little bit um you know did a few small things when it saw some things but uh we just went there a few months ago, so I think we're kind of burnt out. So we, I, I, it's weird, but we were we were back to the room by like nine, ten o'clock every night. It's weird. Yeah, you know, the one time I went to Vegas, it was hard to get out of Chicago time. It was the same way. I was in bed early, up early, but uh, not a lot of people at the tables early on. So it at least gave me an opportunity then. But let's talk about uh, some football. Uh, I'm looking outside my window right now. It's freezing outside in Chicago, but that really doesn't mean anything because the Bears are going to be playing indoors in Minnesota this weekend. Finale of the year. Uh, we'll t- we'll get to the game in a little bit. Uh, you think? I mean, anything changed since the last pod? Well, let's talk about the Browns game and 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 whether or not anything's changed since that game. The Bears were able to beat the Browns, uh, 22-3. Bears handled their business, uh, did not get embarrassed at home at Soldier Field, uh, beating the Browns. Uh, looks like the Browns, unless they can pull out a win this week, are uh, going to become the second 
uh, team just in NFL history to be 0-16, but uh, they looked, you know, to me it was a different level. We've seen the Bears, uh, you know, play some pretty bad football over over the last three years, but, uh, you know, when you saw the actually sit down and watch a Browns game, which I don't think many people outside of Cleveland do, uh, or, or unless your team is playing them, man, they really, they're not a good football team. I mean, they they kind of take bad to the next level. And, uh, you know, every it seemed like every drip play that they had was was tall back for penalty. I mean, they just talk about shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, they, they have it down to a science. And uh, it just doesn't seem to matter if it's Hugh Jackson or whoever's in charge over there. Man, oh, man, they are just a bad football team. And, I mean, beating them 20-3, to that's great. Defense looked great and all. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky had a solid outing, but does it, does it mean anything? I don't think it does. I mean, it, it's good that they can beat the Browns, but I think, if anything, if you're a Bears fan, you watch that game and you're just like, oh, man, things could be a lot, lot worse. Uh I mean, I'm a, I was a big Kaiser fan, uh, him coming out of college. I know we kind of talked a little bit about that last week. But, man, the differences between him and, and Trubisky right now, oh, my God, they're, they're huge. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. Uh, I think, it's man, he just he, he makes some bad decisions. Uh, there's just – and I, I think a lot of that's coaching. I think Hugh Jackson has been absolutely terrible for him. But, I, man, it's – I think he's at the point of – I don't know if I'm going to say no return yet, but I think the situation he's about to be put in because I'll probably take Josh Rosen number one or Sam Darno. Who knows uh, if he, you know, if he declares or whatever. But I mean, man, that's just, I, I like I said, I mean, really, the only thing you can really take out of that, I think, is just the fact that okay, you know, the Bears have been in the bad position, but they are still nowhere near the Browns level, and the Browns have some talent. Uh, but I, I think you see that. I think this is, if anything, this is kind of a confirmation that maybe the Bears aren't as far away as some people want to say they are. You know, obviously they're not a good team right now; they're five and ten. But I think Trubisky had one of his better games of the season. I mean, obviously the the numbers weren't uh, quite there, um, but I mean that's kind of goes back to the week before when he threw for our, you know over three hundred yards, and I'd say he had one of his worst games of the season. So I think overall he looked good. Uh, it's just man, it's just been such a roller coaster. It's just like let's just get the season over with. Hopefully, Trubisky can end on a high note. Um, you know, the defenses continue to look good. I think it's been pretty impressive what they've been able to do. But once again, it's a Brown, so it's kind of hard to really take much out of it. Well, what I took out of it, and uh, something that I've noticed from Trubisky the last couple of games, uh, and something that was a little bit concerning to me his first month, month and a half as a starter, was his, uh, you know, then his inability to really uh, avoid the rush and make plays with his legs. Now we've seen a little bit more of that, especially this last game against the Browns, seven rush- rushes for 44 yards, but uh, made a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, extended a lot of plays with his legs, uh, even ran one in for a touchdown. So I, I think we're starting to see a little bit more of that elusiveness that I thought we were going to see right from the start. So I, I think that's a very good sign. I think he's starting to uh, understand how to uh, avoid the rush a little bit better and, uh, you know, knowing where those lanes are, how to find them and how to get through them quickly. Uh, you know, and he's pretty good in the open field. You know, he makes guys miss and he'll, he'll put a shoulder down if he needs to. So I think that's an area of his game that we really haven't seen him, in, uh, you know, use uh, to its maximum potential until the last couple of weeks. So that was a good part about it. I, you know, I think, yeah, uh, it, it 
it's great that they were able to beat the Browns. They're not at the Browns level. I mean, that's we can at least say that. And I think that's something you you hear a lot of comparisons among Bears fans who are just you know obviously fed up with uh, seven years and not making the playoffs. But you know you hear we're the Browns of the NFL. Well, no, you're not at that level yet. And I think the Bears have been competitive in, against a lot of uh, teams that are going to the playoffs this year. So. Uh, the potential is there for a quicker turnaround than anything that is possible in Cleveland right now. So uh, at the very least, you know, you, you know you're not bottom of the barrel. Um, the Bears right now, I think uh, we'll talk a little bit about the draft. Um, I think ninth is where they're picking right now, correct? Yeah, they're they're ninth right now. So it's and obviously that can change a little bit depending on. I think you got the numbers in front of you. Yeah, I think I think they could they could uh, if everything went the right way and they lost this week to the Vikings, they can pop down to sixth. Uh, top five is set or drop all the way down to thirteenth if uh, they win and and a few things don't go their way. But uh, uh, right now, if they stay where they're at, they're a top ten pick overall. And you know, with like we said, their ability to hang in with some of the top teams, they have a, a decent young quarterback who like you mentioned he, he you know even with uh, all the the struggles that Trubisky has had at certain points this season he has never looked as bad as Deshaun Kaiser looked who had two interceptions one to Kyle Fuller one to Bryce Callahan uh, you know Trubisky is not at that level I, I was not a huge fan of Kaiser coming out of college and he's pretty much proved me correct and I think he kind of looks like a career backdrop at, at best I think mean, like you said they're probably going to use uh, one of those top because Cleveland has uh, whose pick is it? The the uh, the tr- they got the Texans pick. So yeah, they got the number five right now. So they could be picking number one and number five when this is all said and done. And I, you know, I, and I haven't, uh, uh, you know, total honesty, I haven't done any research yet about this upcoming draft class. I'm just trying to wait for the season to end. Uh, but if there is a quarterback worth one of those top five picks, I, I do believe that Cleveland is going to use it. I don't think that they, they see Deshaun Kaiser as the franchise quarterback. We're in Chicago. I, I think that most believe that Trubisky is that guy, and we've seen him take small steps, get a new coaching staff in there, and I think uh, you know he can take some larger steps. But in that game, he finished 14-23, no touchdowns, 193 yards, finished with an 87 passer rating. Uh, offensive line got banged up. Uh, gave up five sacks, but again, uh, you know, he made the most of it. You know, one negative when we're talking about the offense was just the Jordan Howard, 22 carries for 44 yards. And I, I went and looked at the numbers. I mean, other than that one big game a couple of weeks ago, he hasn't, four out of his last five games, he's had, I think, 52 yards or less or something like that, or 50 yards or less. I mean, the rushing attack since uh, this offensive line has kind of gotten banged up has really struggled. Uh, uh, except for one game over the last uh, month. I don't see it getting any better this weekend against the Vikings. Does that, uh, in your mind, I mean, we've talked a little bit about some of the players who might grow Bobby Massey's contract as big, and he hasn't really played up to it. And we'll get into all those guys in much more detail as we go into the offseason. But does that, with, with the struggles of the offensive line and, and you know, with Kyle Long being out, does it prioritize or at least raise the priority in your mind of the offensive line in free agency and the draft this offseason? I think so. I think, uh, you know, Bobby Massey definitely makes some sense to upgrade. I think Josh Sitton's another guy. And not that Sitton's played bad. Uh, and really, even Massey, I mean, he's been all right. I mean, that's for $6 million, I guess you could, yeah, whatever. I don't know. I, mean, I, I just think it's time. When you look at this offensive line, you got Kyle Long, who has been pretty banged up the last few seasons. We kind of talked about that in previous podcasts. Who knows how he's going to be. 
Josh Sitton's getting up there in age and has been dinged up a little bit. I still think Josh Sitton's a good player, um, not the the caliber that he was when he was with the Packers, but I think he's probably still their best interior lineman. I think Cody Whitehair is completely fine. I think he's still good. But when you look at it overall, I think you've got three guys that are still kind of locked up here. You've got Cody Whitehair. You've got uh, Charles Leno, who they just extended, and you got Kyle Long. And I think that's a good core, but I think at some point in time, whether it be this season, uh, offseason, or next season, they're going to have to do some upgrading. And I think, especially when you look at the top end of the draft, I think there's a few really good offensive tackles, whether that be Mike McGlinchey out of Notre Dame, uh, whether it be Connor Williams out of Texas, whether that be Orlando Brown out of Oklahoma, uh, even Crosby out of uh, Oregon. I mean, there, there's some good options there in the first and possibly second round. So I think... You know, even looking at the free agent, we, we'll get more into this. But I, I think there's avenues to make upgrades depending on what they want to do. And they're going to have plenty of money to do it. And the thing is, they cut a guy like Massey or they cut a guy like Sitton. They're going to be saving that money. So the way you look at it is, okay, you know, let's say they sign. Let's just, you know, throw it out there. And, and you know, a $9 million a year offensive guard. And Sitton's going to be making right around 8 And I think you're going to save 7 with the cut. So basically, you're only paying the guy $2 million more uh, this year and so on and so forth uh, for an upgrade or whatever it may be. So I think there's going to be some flexibility there. They've, they've, I think they've got to do something just because the overall depth of the line isn't really there, in my opinion. And I think that the health, I mean, it seems like every year we're talking about a banged up offensive line. So something's got to be done. Exactly. And I think that's the point. And we saw it this year. I mean, right now, even we'll get to the injury report later, but Bobby Massey and Josh Sitton aren't practicing this week. So it looks like another situation where the Bears are going to be playing almost all backups. Uh, this week and really the one guy who's been healthy all year Charles Leno is one of the league leaders in penalties Uh, you know so his discipline after getting that big contract uh, is very concerning so I I, you know I think you're right Uh, Cody Whitehair is fine but you got to get Kyle Long healthy I do think that you need a replacement on the right edge if that involves a a first or second round pitch uh, so be it I mean I think Mitch Trubisky is your top priority I think we talked about it last podcast you know, you do whatever it takes to make sure that he's, you know, he stays healthy. So, uh, you know, in my mind, especially, you know, what even if they upgrade wide receiver and you go into a, a more of a spread offense, one of your best players is still Jordan Howard. And, yeah, I think he's had five games over 100 yards this year, but I think he's had seven where he's been under 50 or, or 54 or less or something like that. So uh, it's been very inconsistent and very uh, poor, you know, of late. So I, I definitely think that you're right. There is a lack of depth, and I think that that makes it a priority uh, this offseason. We're, we're talking about a position that just two years ago we called a strength of the team. I think injuries and age with Josh Sitton being 32 have uh, definitely reared their ugly head. But uh, I, here's another guy, and we're going to switch gears here to the defense, another guy that we seem to talk about every week, and we're just—we're not going to get too deep into it. But Kyle Fuller had a second interception in that game and had six pass breakups. How many is that? Was every pass breakup there another million that he's going to get per season uh, going into this off season? Oh God, he's just—he's really—you know—it's funny because I was talking to somebody about it. I think it was like a week or two ago, and like, oh man, they need to franchise Kyle Fuller. I was like, you're crazy. Like, you can't give a guy like Kyle Fuller. $15 million for one year or whatever it is. And now I'm sitting there thinking it's like they may actually have to do that. It's just you you see the development. Prince Mukamore is very solid. That's it. I mean, that's really all there is to it. But, man, Kyle Fuller, it's like obviously he's had some downs, uh, but mostly ups. And I mean, that, that game, I think, is just kind of showing how confident he's becoming, uh, what kind of player he's becoming. And it's, he seems like an ascending talent. He's only 26 years old. 
you know, they, 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 they've got to do something. I mean, they, they, they cannot let him walk. I know we've talked about this multiple times, but you get a guy like that, even if you're paying him 10 or $11 million a year, so be it. You've got the cap for it. And the, the Bears have to take advantage of the fact that they've got a quarterback in Trubisky who for the next four years, including the, uh, the fifth-year option, which is still much cheaper than it will be to pay him, that they have all this control to where they're not going to be paying a quarterback, and they have to take advantage of that. And guys like Kyle Fuller, who were drafted talent, I don't care if it was from Emory. I don't care if it was from Pace. These are guys that you have to lock up. I know it's, you know, everybody's with the hindsight, oh, they should have given him the fifth-year option. No, you can't. In the time, you couldn't have done it because he was, he'd was he been injured uh, the whole entire year and, quite frankly, had played very uh, questionable the, the first two years. So, But he, this is a guy that that Ryan Pace has got to look at objectively and say, okay, I'm, I'm sure there may be some, you know, maybe some bad blood with everything that happened last year or whatever it may be, but they've, they've got to get something figured out. Even if they tag him and say, we're not letting you go and you're going to get a deal done, it's, something's got to happen. What does a tag cost for, for a cornerback? What, do you, what did uh, it cost this it was, past year? It was about fourteen point two million, so it'll probably be little right around fifteen or a little under. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be expensive. But I mean, let's just look at it this way. Let's say he's got eleven million dollars, you know, per year that he's going to be making is you know an extra four million dollars when you you're probably going to have eight eighty million, eighty five million in cap. I mean, is that worth it? I'd say so. Well, yeah, I, I think that with the way that he's playing right now, he's he's proven that he's worth that that extra money. I think if you could get him for $10 million a season right now, I, that seems like the at least the starting point for most teams at this point. I, I can't see, if he does get out into the open market, I can't see him getting any less than that just because he's played so damn well this year. I mean, and he just, he gets better as the as the uh, the games go along. I mean, as the, you know, the losses mount, Kyle Fuller, continues to play better i mean six pass breakups i know you're playing against the browns again but six pass breakups and an interception in any football game is pretty pretty impressive and you know he's kind of been that way all season he had a little two three game stretch where he didn't play well but man he's been pretty consistent and that's interesting i had never really thought about the franchise tag and i'm just like going through my head right now there's nobody else on the team that you would really even consider uh, you know, no, you're not in a position to franchise anybody else. He might be the one. Hmm. Would you pay if if it comes down to that? Would you pay him the 15 million one year deal? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the cap they have right now, because that's the thing is, you look at the situation. It's like okay, Prince of Mukamore is probably going to command seven million. So let's just say worst case scenario, you tag Fuller, you get 15 million, and then you know the other seven for for uh, Mukamura, but you're going to be cutting uh, Cooper. You're going to be cutting some other guys. So you're going to be freeing up some money there. And, you know, worst case, you, you draft a corner somewhat high this year and you say, okay, between, you know, Mukamura and Fuller, we're going to see who can, you know, do the best or whatever it may be. But, yeah, you have to. I mean, you can't – they made so much progress on defense. And the, and the Bears have lacked playmakers for so long, especially on the defense side of the ball. And it's like you finally get one. You can't let him go. I understand that the new defensive coordinator is going to be in here. You know, different things are going to happen. This is somebody you cannot let walk away. This can't be another Alshon Jeffrey situation. It just you simply, if you're rebuilding a team, if you're saying that we're trying to get better, we're trying to do this, we're trying to keep our own guys, you cannot continue to let guys like a Fuller or a Jeffrey walk away. You well, just can't do it. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, Alshon, that, that situation did start with a franchise tag, so you'd be going down that same path. I, I, I think that... 
you know, you never know what how that's going to end. You don't know how the player is going to take it, and and maybe getting tagged was part of the reason that Alshon decided to leave. Who knows? But I I, I think you want to avoid that situation and just get it done long term. If he's got ten, if he's worth ten, eleven million, I mean, the market you have to look out there right now, and Ryan Pace has to see what the understand what the market is going to pay this guy. So he, he you know he needs to pony up and make good on whatever issues there are. You know, with the new coaching staff coming in. Uh, you know that might uh, wipe away any bad blood that there was between him and, and Vic Fangio or the old coaching staff, and might you know uh, give him a little you know fresh eyes on on the on the on the franchise itself. So uh, maybe that might uh, might help you know if you get if you get a, a, a guy that Fuller likes in here. I'm not sure, but I do agree that man, man, you can't now all of a sudden he's playing like a number one corner. I, I mean, a legit number one corner. You can't, you can't let him go. And we'll, we'll quit talking about Kyle Fuller because I feel like we talked about him all year. But he just had such a good game; it was worth mentioning again. And I think in that game, we also saw on the defensive side of the football, you know, we saw the foundation of uh, this defense all really play well. I mean, Kwiatkowski led the team with seven tackles. Trevathan, uh, six tackles, pass breakup, a forced fumble. Uh, Eddie Jackson had five tackles. Uh, you know, Eddie Goldman, four tackles. Uh, Bryce Callahan had the other interception. Akeem Hicks, half a sack. Uh, you know, Roy Robertson-Harris had, a, had a, a, a quarterback hit. I mean, we're, we're starting to see the young core foundation of this team take over. Uh, and again, it was a Browns, but uh, we've seen this for most of the season, and I think that gives me uh, and a hope. A lot of Bears fans hope that um, you know you get a guy like Fuller signed, and you, you got all these other guys right there with him. There's a good chance if you get a legitimate defensive coordinator, this can continue to be a top ten unit going forward. And then if you can just get some competency in the offensive side of the football, then who knows? I think you really got to look at the numbers here, and that's something that sometimes can be a little hard to do, especially in such a bad season. But, I mean, just looking at that, and this is something I was doing the other day, it's like the Bears rank uh, in every statistical category that there is, whether that be sacks or whether it be turnovers, uh, yards per game, points per game, they rank top 10 in every single one of these. And the thing is, is they've seen a lot of injuries, whether that be Willie Young, uh, you know, whether that be, uh, you know, Lamar, uh, Lamar Houston, sorry, uh, you know, Leonard Floyd. I mean, you just you can look and you can see all the different injuries well, that and they've they, had. And they've played a lot of really good offenses, too. It's not like they've had a lot of I mean, the Browns were by far the worst team that they played this year. Oh, yeah, definitely. So and that's the thing is that you see that this team is trending in the right direction or sorry, this unit especially is trending in the right direction. And it's like. If they can, if they can overcome the injuries, because last year we kind of saw them, they started, you know, they started getting these injuries, and you started kind of seeing it tail off. And I think this year, even in preseason, we saw a, a different defense. We saw an edge. Uh, I, I really think that. I mean, we, we've talked about. It. I don't think Vic Fangio is going to be here, but I think if you can get an aggressive defensive coordinator in here, maybe blitz a little bit more, maybe do a little bit more. Uh, man, I, I think this is a good. This is a good young core. Obviously, they can add some talent. They need another outside linebacker. They need a pass rusher. I mean, it's just pure, pure and simple. That's what they need, especially next to Leonard Floyd. If they can get some depth there. Uh, they need a little bit of work, I'd say, you know, a corner, just depending on what goes on and maybe some depth, uh, you know, inside linebacker, maybe a little bit on the defensive line. But we're talking depth for the most part. I think there's a good young core here, and, and the key is young, young core of guys that they have locked up for the most part. And really Kyle Fuller and I guess maybe a Mukamore if you really want to put them in there, are the two guys that are kind of floating around a little bit right now that they need to get situated. But you get a good defense. 
And, you know, you can – it's just a few moves that they have to make on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, the biggest one is going to be pass rusher, but then you, then you could move your focus to the offensive side of the ball. And, man, I mean, they – we, we saw it last year. We saw it last year with the, with the Rams. We saw it last year with quite a few different teams that, that things really turn around, even a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, to where if they can, if you could put your focus on one side of the ball and really do what you need, especially a team like the 49, like the, sorry, like the uh, Rams, it's like, okay, you know, we can put our focus in on the offense side of the ball. We need to pass catchers. We need to improve the offensive line. They did that this year. And they go from the worst offense in the, in the league last year to one of the best offenses this year. So, there's there's a lot of hope to be had, but I cannot stress this enough. I mean, it starts with the head coaching hire, but Ryan Pace has got to make the right moves this year. And I think it it all starts off with a decision on Kyle Fuller and what they're going to do from there. And I he, I just he can't botch it. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Yeah. You, you cannot take two steps back to make one step forward. Yeah, it seems like a real similar situation to last year. It was like, all right, we're going to start with Alshon Jeffrey, and where are we going to go from there? And when Jeffrey was gone, when he, when he decided to go down that one-year deal to, to Philadelphia, which eventually got him paid, uh, the the deal that Ryan Pace wouldn't give him, uh, you know, things seemed to tumble, spiral out of control. He didn't get any of his first-stage eyes. Next thing you know, he's paying Sammy Coates five five six. Or, I'm sorry, um, Marcus Wheaton six million dollars a year. Uh, about as useful as Sammy Coates, right. so that, that's that's a fair that's a fair mix up. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, you know that's that's when you you know you start wasting money. I, I yeah, I think if if the money's going to be spent, spend it on the player who's proven that he deserves it. And I really think that that's Kyle Fuller. I know that some people think he's full fool's gold, and that you know as soon as he gets that contract, he'll go back to being the player he was a couple of years ago. But in my mind, this is just a player who had some uh, injuries and you know couldn't really develop his first few years, and is finally now starting to show what he can be. If he goes to the Patriots, becomes a Pro Bowl player, and wins a bunch of championships, you're, uh, you know that's just going to be another notch and pace his belt of of, of doing things wrong and, and letting the wrong guys go. So uh, it's crazy that we've come to this point that we're talking about Kyle Fuller as the pivotal point on defense. But hey, like you pointed out. Uh, the, the rest of it's there. I mean, Trevathan, Kortowski, Hicks, Goldman, Leonard Floyd. You get another edge rusher, Eddie Jackson on the back end. You sign Kyle Fuller. You know, draft draft another young corner maybe. You got. I, I think Bryce Callahan's one of the most underrated cor- uh, nickels, uh, nickel corners in the, in the NFL. I, I really think the foundation is there. You don't need much. And like you said, that allows you to fo- put all most of your focus on the offensive side of the football and not wasting money on guys like uh, Marcus slash Sammy Coates Wheaton. Um, so let's, you ready to move on to the uh, Minnesota Vikings? Uh, I guess so, man. This yeah. is, this is last, uh, last, uh, what see or game preview of the season. I mean, it's, it's been a rough season, but it's kind of hard to believe it's over. Uh, yeah. It, it, these seasons go by fast, man. I mean, they, they, they it's they're long. I mean, they start. When did we get into training camp? Uh, last weekend of July uh, is when training camp starts, and before that, we have OTAs and and rookie mini camp and all that. Uh, but it really gets going in uh, that last week of July. And man, that, that I mean, you were there. It feels like me and you were were out having dinner, drinking it like two weeks ago, doesn't it? I know it, it's crazy to think. And that was, I mean, that was before preseason even started. That was yeah. like you said, the end of July going into August, and yeah. it's. Man, it's it's definitely kind of crazy to think think how fast it's gone and how miserable once again it has been. <laughs> well, well, at least I I think you know we've talked about this a lot and we, we we've talked about it in this podcast already. The, the, the Bears are in a much better spot than I think that they have been the last couple of years. 
And if Ryan Pace is the right guy to, to, to lead this team into the future, he'll make the right hire at head coach and he'll make the necessary tweaks that he needs to make to the roster. Because I do think that this roster does have some good young talent. They just, you know, he's got to, he's got to make the right moves, and the first one starts with the head coach. We'll get all into that after John Fox is fired on Monday, which we all believe will happen uh, Monday or Tuesday. I, I, I don't think they they would drag it out till Tuesday, so I do think it'll happen on Monday. If nothing happens on Monday and we just have a regular postseason press conference from John Fox, what? what I mean. I kind of know what your reaction is going to be, but what, what do you think the reaction of the Bears fan base is going to be? Oh, my God, man. I don't even – oh, my God. If I Honestly, I'm telling you, man, if I wake up on New Year's morning and he's not fired, I'm going to start to freak out. Like it's just going to be like an all-day thing because I'm I, – I, my feeling is that we're probably going to start hearing rumblings probably right after the game. And then, you know, the the obligatory 2 or 3 a.m. tweet from, you know, one of the big sources coming out saying John Fox has been fired. But, oh, my God, if they don't do it, because they're one of those teams. And that's the thing. And we'll, we'll make I'll make this quick real quick. But there's there could be like 13 or 14 teams looking for head coaches. And is like I said, could be realistically, probably more around nine or ten. Uh, I know that's a high number. That's a much higher number than it has been in the past. But there's going to be a lot of teams out there. But the Bears are not one of those teams that are on the fence that can afford to say, well, I don't know if we can get our guys, so let's just keep John Fox for another year. They're not in that category. I have it all broken down on my phone of who's in what category the Bears are, and you've got to fire your head coach, and you've got to make a move. So uh, they've got to do it. And I think, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of reports. I think Ian Rappaport came out, what was it, Sunday, and said something along the lines of Ted Phillips, and everybody freaked out. Ted Phillips has already been making calls to potential you know, candidates or whatever, something along those lines, and and he's just, you know, he's not involved. And luckily, Ian Rappaport came out and said, you know, I misspoke. And he's just doing this for Ryan Pace. And there's been this huge blow up because everybody thinks Ted Phillips is still heavily involved with the football side, which I don't believe he is. But, you know, either way, it's I, I think it's it's going to be done. But God bless it, man. Do it as quick as you can. Do it for do it, do it for John Fox and do it for the fans so everybody just knows. Because I, I there's, there's trust issues here, and especially with me, man. They're like, just do it. It's like ripping off a band-aid, just get it done. And I do think you're right. If if it is going to happen, and I and from everything that I'm told, it's going to happen. Uh, we will start to hear uh, some rumblings at uh, on on Sunday night. Uh, what's interesting, like you pointed out, when they did when they when they fired Lovey, I woke up at 6:30 in the morning and had a text from the the team saying that they had fired Lovey. And that text came at like 2.30 in the morning from the team or something like that. So you never know how they're going to handle this situation. Um, you know, the Bears have changed their media relations staff, their PR staff over the last few years. So it's uh, we don't know how things are going to be handled up at Hallis Hall, what type of access we're going to have. Typically when they fire somebody, um, we, we speak with uh, George Metaskey and Ted Phillips. I do think you're right. I don't think Ted Phillips has, is going to have any uh, say in this hire and I really don't think he had much say in the last hire either I, I mean Ernie Acorsi if anybody was you know had more say in it but I I, I think this is going to be up to Ryan Pace I think he's the man that, that is going to make this decision and, and his the future or at least the, the immediate future of the franchise is going to hinge on this and you know his career is going to hinge on this I mean this is the biggest decision he's ever going to make so he got one chance if he gets another his second chance he needs to make the right one but uh, first we got to get past this Vikings team which actually has a lot to play for there's there's still uh, an opportunity for them to lose uh, home field advantage right now the Vikings are 12 and 3 but I think the scenario is and we were talking about this before the podcast 
if the uh, Vikings lose to the Bears and the Panthers win, then the Panthers take over home field, correct? That is correct as long as uh, as long as New Orleans has to lose too. I think okay. I think that was the other caveat in there because basically if New Orleans wins, if they win, then they're going to win the division and they don't have the tiebreaker over Minnesota. But if Carolina wins, uh, New Orleans loses. I don't even know who New Orleans plays. They may play each other for all I know. But either way, uh, Carolina has to win and have Minnesota and New Orleans lose. So, so but that's. The- it's not likely, but they, they play the later game, so Minnesota has to play it out like they're going to be right. playing for something. That's the big point, is that the game is the noon game, and they won't – it's not like Minnesota's going to know beforehand how what you know how the scenario has played out. They have to play as if they have to win. I mean, there, nothing's going to change during the game as far as uh, the scenario that they're in. Uh, you know, they'll find out afterward whether or not they needed to win the game. But, uh, you know, I, so I, I expect a full uh, starting lineup on both sides of the football. And I, th- I I do think that that's a good thing for the Bears. I think they can they can be competitive in this football game. They were competitive in the first game against. We've talked about it. If it wasn't for Connor Barth, I mean, this is the, the Bears might, you know, have a sixth win this season. But, uh, you know, going up into Minnesota with so much on the line for the Vikings, it feels a lot like the Lions game did a few weeks ago where the Lions were still in the hunt, really needed a win at home, and the Bears really uh, didn't stand a chance from start to finish. I think that's what we're going to see in Minnesota, uh, and you know, I think they're going to handle their business because they know that they need to. I don't, I just, uh, you know, I don't think the Bears. It's tough. I mean, I, I, it would be difficult for you know. I know these are millionaires, but even as a player, as a human being, it would be difficult for me. Uh, you know, knowing that there's nothing to play for against a team that has everything to play for, I think that definitely play will play a role, and I think it would be hard for the Bears. Uh, it, it would really surprise me if they came out with as, the the same level of fire as the Vikings do. It and it, to me, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I want them to draft higher. If, if you want a better draft pick. Uh, you want them to lose this game, and I think that it's it's a good thing that they're playing a noon game. It's a good thing that the Vikings still have something to play for. So, um, in with that being the case, any chance the Bears win this one? You know, I, I think I'm actually kind of going on the opposite here with, with with your mindset of you know the Bears not really have anything to play for because I really do believe that they're going to come out. Uh, and and play their hearts out just for the fact that they know that this is probably John Fox's final game. I mean, these players know. I mean, they're not, they're not ignorant to what's going on. They know what's going on. So it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, these guys love John Fox, and it and they love this coaching staff. And I'm sure a lot of these guys. It's probably going to be an emotional game for them. Now, I don't think they're going to win the game, uh, but I mean, it's it's one of those things for me that you, you talk about. You know, obviously them winning or them losing. Sorry, the Bears losing would probably be the best thing, especially in terms of draft positioning. Uh, but one of the things I'm really looking for is how is Trubisky, and it's funny because he's he's on the edge of a few different things here. He's already broken the single-season rookie record for passing yards, but he's got a 59.9 completion percentage, and he's got a 78.5 quarterback rating. So those are two things that would be really nice. To, I know it sounds dumb, and they're just numbers, but it'd be kind of cool to see him jump over the hump a little bit here. And like I said, I don't want to I don't want to see him win the game. I don't think they're going to win the game. Uh, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if it's almost kind of like last year when they come out and they do get blown out, but I, I think that the element of John Fox's last game and this coaching staff's last game is going to play a part. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it's close, and it may even come down to something last second again. But the Vikings are a, a damn good team, and the, yeah, the Bears really aren't. That's <laughs> the thing. I mean, the Vikings just they have they're a, a better football team to start with on both sides of the ball. 
a lot more depth, a lot more playmakers, and they just have a lot more to play for, and they're at home, and it's going to be loud as hell. I mean, you, you can probably expect at least one, two false starts from Charles Leno. You know, it's, it's going to be a difficult environment to win a football game, and I, I, I don't know. I think you, you bring up a good point, something that I hadn't considered, and that the players may be you know, giving a little extra effort knowing that it might be John Fox's last football game. That, might, that could put him over the hump. I could see that. And this is still... Uh, you know, an NFC North rivalry contest. This is an opportunity for the Bears to play spoiler if everything were to work out right. It could not. I mean, you you know the Bears understand the situation going into this, just you know, in terms of playoffs. So they know that there is a chance they could still spoil uh, a first round bye for the Vikings. And if you have that opportunity against a division foe, yeah, John Fox last game. Hey, maybe, maybe. Well, I, I mean, do you want to get into the predictions or are you, uh, you ready to? Uh, oh. Well, the one thing I wanted to say, uh, just for Bears fans to kind of keep an eye on, is you know, for in terms of head coaching candidates, it's gonna be Pat Shermer, their offensive coordinator. I, I I would say just for you know Bears fans out there to, yeah, I don't know how much Vikings games you watch this year, how much you really remember, but keep an eye on it because I think he's gonna be a top candidate for the Bears this year, and I think he's gonna be, I think he's a very good candidate overall. I'd be going to a second opportunity. Uh, he had one with the Browns before, it didn't work out. Who has you know with the Browns lately, but. I just that's just kind of something to keep on the back burner in terms of you know just something to watch for on the Minnesota side of the ball and just the good work that he's done with Case Keenum and and building a guy like Adam Thielen uh, you know or helping develop him more the point I won't say he built him but you know helping him develop and just watch and see what they do because they've they've seen some injuries on the offensive side of the ball I mean Dalvin Cook went out. Uh, the quarterbacking situation has been a complete disaster all year, or should have been a complete disaster, should I say. And, you know, Case Keenum comes in, and, I mean, he's playing at almost an MVP-like level, and they've they've had no problems selling uh, Dalvin Cook's role. So that's just something I would say to keep an eye on. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Jeremy, before I make predictions. No, no, I mean, I think that makes you make a really good point about two things. One, in the, in the fact that who expected anything from Case Keenum this year? And like you said, he's... You know, playing at an MVP level, I'm not even sure what the Pro Bowl voting is, but did he get voted to the Pro Bowl? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, think, I just saw that the Bears didn't have anybody, and that was all I yeah. really paid attention to. Well, I mean, if he didn't, it's a shame because he's played at a Pro Bowl level all season. And who, I mean, if you knew who Chase Keenum was before this season, then you're a diehard football fan. I mean, so for him to be able to do that with a guy like Keenum, Who's still, you know, is still playing very. You're going to see it uh, on Sunday. Still playing very good football. I mean, this offense, even without Dalvin Cook, you've made, uh, you know, he's gone from having that one back workhorse attack. All of a sudden, they Shermer was able to make the switch to McKinnon and uh, Latavius Murray, and they never really uh, missed a step. And like you said, Adam Thielen. I think what is he? Was he an undrafted or a seventh rounder? I think he was he was an undrafted free agent yeah. in like Minnesota State or something weird. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Bears haven't been able to do much with their wide receiver talent for years now, and I think that you know having a guy who's been able to at least develop a guy like Adam Thielen into into a the, a, a really potent threat. I mean, him and Stephon Diggs uh, are one of the two best. Uh, wide receiver combos in the NFL. So, yeah, I agree. Shermer's right up there. I think a lot, like you said, a lot of teams are going to be looking for uh, head coaches. He's probably up there on that list for everybody. And I would like to, you did point out that he had a, a failed opportunity in Cleveland. I honestly, I think all, if anyone ever fails in Cleveland, that should just be wiped off the slate. I mean, I don't think that should ever be held against anybody. I mean, if, if, 
you know, Bill Belichick couldn't win in Cleveland. Nobody could win in Cleveland. You know what I'm saying? So don't ever go, well, you know, he didn't, he wasn't able to do it in Cleveland. That doesn't mean anything. Nobody can do anything in Cleveland. So uh, I'm ready for predictions. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm going to go and I'm going to say, I think the Bears defense has been playing pretty well. Oh, man, I'm going to say 24-14. to 14. No, I'm going to say 24-13. I don't even think they get two touchdowns. I think it's going to be two touch, or a touchdown and two field goals for the Bears. I was going to say 19-10. I, I, I think the Bears' defense is playing well enough where they can uh, at least limit and not you – know, if they can limit the big play, I don't see the, the Vikings storm more than 20 points. Uh, maybe if they give up one big play, but – I mean, the way that Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson are playing right now, I just I, I think they can uh, at least limit what Thielen and uh, and Diggs are going to do in the passing attack. And up front, I mean, the Bears have been a top ten run defense all year, so I expect them that to continue. I think it'll be low scoring. If you're going to bet on it, bet on the under. That that's what I would take. But what do I know? I am not a gambler. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Um, no, I think uh, just one of one small thing. Case Keenum can make an extra two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which is pretty cool, uh, as long as he maintains his eighty five percent of the overall uh, offensive snaps this year. And apparently, he's at ninety right now. So, congratulations yeah. to Case Keenum if he's able to do that. I think that's a it's a pretty awesome story, man. I mean, he goes from he goes from not being really much of anything of a quarterback, especially under Jeff Fisher. Um, and you saw the two quarterbacks under Jeff Fisher last year that struggled that are doing fantastic this year. Just another reason, Ryan Pace, if you're listening to the podcast, if you're having any second thoughts, fire John Fox for that reason right there. That's just another reason I'm trying to help you out, man. <laughs> well, I'm sure if he is listening to the podcast, he appreciates your help. Uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. This is our last podcast. It's, it's kind of unreal to say it, but the last regular season podcast, I do think that we are going to have a lot to talk about next week. If John Fox is fired on Monday, we will have a podcast Monday night. We will discuss everything that goes down at Hallis Hall. I will be up there. Uh, to speak with everyone, to get all the reactions, to get all the quotes. We might even need two podcasts to cover the whole thing. We'll see how it goes. But do expect it to be Black Monday. If it's not Black Monday, expect Monday's podcast to be one big long rant by Aaron uh, and uh, Twitter to just absolutely go nuts. So uh, have that in mind. Uh, maybe if you don't, <laughs> maybe stay off Twitter if you're not in the mood for oh. it. Oh, baby. Uh, all right. That's it, guys. Uh, be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming and NFL, you can give me a follow at Bear Report. Check out all our work at BearReport.com as well as our Bear Report Facebook page. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can talk to us every day at the Bear Report message boards. That's it, guys. Vikings this weekend. John Fox fired on Monday. We'll see. But either way, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.